Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Woo. It ought to be pretty outside. Mamas are pretty. So <laughs> the next year, if it's raining, they're still pretty. Amen. So, hey, uh, good to see each of you. So what I did uh, about three weeks ago, I jumped into a series Easter called He's Still Rolling Stones. And I said last week, the reason I chose a, a, a title like He's Still Rolling Stones is because he's still rolling stones. Amen. And so that's the beauty of, of who God is. He, God didn't roll a stone once. He's rolling them every day. And there are people walking around all the time who have been made new and life began with you. That's what he's done. And so what I've done is I've walked through basically four stones. Today's the fourth one. Four big stones that the enemy absolutely loves to put us in that tomb and to roll that stone in front of the door to keep us locked down. Because on the other side of the tomb, we're redeemed and resurrected. And our job's to sing. And what the enemy wants to do is keep you from singing. Because no one's changed in the tomb. Many are changed out of the tomb. And Jesus said, uh, we have been resurrected, just as he's been resurrected with the same power. So the first stone we looked at was the stone of my identity. I don't have to tell you that identity in the world today is under attack. It's messed up and scary at times. People are trying to figure out who they are based on what the world says, and I promise you, you'll never find out. You'll find out your identity when you find him. When you meet Jesus and he changes you from the inside out, your identity is now in Christ. And the old is gone and the new has come. Amen. Your identity must be in Christ. Second stone we looked at is my past. A big stone for some people is they've been redeemed. They've been set free. They are born again children. But their past chases them down like crazy. And when it catches them, it rolls the stone away, chunks them inside the tomb, and the enemy gladly rolls it back. And he says, you can't do that. You don't remember who you used to be. Well, we, we learned a word called regardless. Amen. Some of y'all using it in parenting right now? Regardless. <laughs> Amen. Regardless of what the circumstances might say, regardless of how you might feel, regardless of what other people might say about you, I have been made new and the old is gone. Regardless, I am new. Getting past your past is a big stone for some people. The stone from last week was the stone of my circumstances. For many of us, our circumstances begin to be so heavy 
we find ourselves looking at the circumstances more than looking at the king. And, he, and the enemy gladly rolls us back into the tomb of circumstances and rolls the big stone in front of us and says, you won't be able to sing a song because of the circumstances in your life. I'm going to lock you down. That is more reason than not, my friend, to bust out of that tomb of circumstances. And no matter what your circumstances say, you're redeemed. And you sing from those circumstances. And so this morning... The fourth and final stone is the stone of relationships. Relationships. I want you to listen to Psalm 133.1. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is. Folks, listen to me. I want you to understand the cross and the beauty of the cross. The cross, is hor- the cross is vertical, no doubt, you and Jesus. But to only have a you and Jesus cross takes out the most important vertical cross, part of that cross. It's you and Jesus, but it's others. It's one another. And we, we grow up in a world thinking we can treat other people however we want to treat them, and we walk into worship and raise our hands. My friend, listen to me. Don't lift dirty hands to him. You cannot treat people and have broken relationships on a vertical standpoint and think that, I mean, on a horizontal standpoint and think your vertical relationship with the Father is not impacted. The absolute horizontal relationships impact the vertical relationships. Do not think they don't. And so what I want to do today is I've got two moms that I want to come and share. They're our moms. They're, they're part of our church. They have mom stories, but they have relationship stories. And I want you to hear their stories because there's power in testimonies. And what the enemy doesn't want you to do is get on the other side of that tomb and sing a song. He doesn't want that to happen. The enemy today on these two, I told these moms this before we, we started. These two testimonies today just absolutely kicked the teeth in of the enemy. Because these were homes that the enemy was trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And God redeemed them. He redeemed them. And I want you to hear those stories today. The first story, both of them are going to come. Whitney Davis first. And then Courtney Schneider, and I want Whitney to come at this time, and I want you to give your undivided attention to her and her story. Okay, so when Jeff asked me to come and speak, um, I really did not want to. I don't like to get up in front of people and talk. Um, And I prayed. And I felt like this is what God wanted me to do, so I have to step out of my comfort zone and do what he asked. And that goes along with my testimony. Um, Let me just start. My husband and I have been married for, we'll celebrate 12 years this year. Um, I feel like within this last couple of months, I have a new husband. It's the same husband, but God is in him now. And God is the center of our whole family. Um, we've had a very rough, rough few years. About a year ago, 
I was ready to be done. Um, I had a very close friend to me tell me, what you have to do is pray. And whatever God tells you, that's what you have to stick with. And I said, okay, I can do this. God's going to tell me what I want. He's going to tell me that I'm justified with his word in getting a divorce, and that's what he's going to tell me. So, okay, I'll pray. So I prayed about it, and God did not tell me to get a divorce. His words were, stay. And I argued with God many, many days. Said, no, this is not what you want for me. Your Bible, your word says, I'm justified in a divorce. That's what I want. And he just kept saying, stay. So I started praying. And even on those days that I didn't want to pray, the days that I didn't feel it, it was just words coming out of my mouth. My spirit did not feel what I was saying. I just kept pursuing. And I brought my children into it. And we started praying for my husband and their dad, for God to change his heart. One thing I had learned was I, what God was telling me is I can't change him. God is the only one that can change him. So I had to just give it all to him. And I, we prayed days on days for God to change his heart. And the day that he came home and said that he was ready to give his life to God, the first words out of my daughter's mouth were, God finally answered our prayer. And to me, that's, that was amazing. I was able to show my children, and God showed me, it doesn't matter what you want, what your flesh wants. My kids knew what I wanted, but they also knew what God had told me. And they knew that I was following what God had said. And for them to be able to see that was amazing. And it's something that they will never forget. And my marriage now, it's not perfect. No one's marriage is perfect. But it's so much better than what I had even envisioned. So much better than what I had even asked God for. He blessed my family ten times over. And it's the best thing that I could ever ask for. So the, the thing that I can challenge you is God, God knows his plans for you. It might not be what you want, what your flesh wants, but God knows what he has in store for you. And as long as you give it all to God and follow him and listen to him and let him lead the way, his will will come through. I want you to know that's a beautiful testimony of a redeemed family because everything about their home, their marriage, and where they were at that time, everything would have said they're done. And God said, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Boomer and I, while Whitney and the girls were praying, Boomer and I had several lunches, and now Boomer's a tough, he's a tough hombre. <laughs> he's old military boy. He's tough, and, uh, but I love it. And so we had several lunches. One of Boomer's gifts are he can smoke chili. We went to Blue Sky, and I had a bacon cheeseburger. I didn't have chili, and I told him. I'm not having chili today. We're having a bacon cheeseburger. So don't be smoking my chili by telling me what I want to hear. We're going to get honest. And we got rock 
I mean, it was like he and I were the only ones in blue sky that day. And so because of Whitney and the girls praying, God broke through. And one day on the way to work, Boomer said it came over him, man. He pulled over and uh, gave his life to Christ. And I promise you that's a different cat today. I mean, that's a different cat today, boy. Yep. So, mm. And you know what's really good? The enemy just hated that right there. The enemy hated that testimony. That's why we do them. Because we don't like him, and we don't want him to like it. Because he thought he had that family, and he didn't have that family. And so we thank you for that. It's a great word. I'm going to ask Courtney to come. Courtney Snyder's coming up. Courtney got a whole different tef- testimony, relational, but a, but a different perspective. I want you to listen to her as she uh, shares. notes ready. Um, Today, I'm going to speak over the resurrection of my life, my marriage, my relationship with my kids. And to understand that, I've got to tell you who I was. I was a leader. I was a motivational speaker. I like to inspire. I was driven I'm competitive, and I say I because I still am. You can ask the girls that I work out with and um, in my family that I play games with. So I am competitive. But to understand who I was, you need to understand who my, what my upbringing was. Um, my mother, you know, I, my husband always said I had this fairy tale family growing up. Um, I was okay with that. I loved my family. I had great, great parents. And God was in the center of my family growing up. And my mom is probably the most positive thing you'll ever come in contact with. I today will call my mother when I'm having a bad day just to hear her voice because she shines. She does live in Hawaii, so that might give her an extra reason, but she's always been like that. Um, She has this most beautiful, beautiful voice and just happiness. And she just took anything that was negative and can turn it to a positive And then my father was just as inspiring. My father was a basketball coach at Tascosa for many, many years and moved on and had a very successful career coaching. And so my father is kind of what molded me to who I am, um, being driven. And so my dad as a kid would always tell me every single year, and I did the same thing with my kids today, they have to write goals at the beginning of each year. And a goal is something that's attainable something that you can reach. And so with these goals, I would write them down on the mirror and I'd have to look at them every single day and then he would tell me, what steps do you need to do to get get to these goals? So one of my goals that I'm gonna talk about as a kid was um, I, I, I wanted to win state in basketball. And so I went to Randall and I did whatever it took to win state. I was a leader and so, um, I uh, would stay in the gym, and I would shoot like 500, 500 shots, and Coach Wilcoxon, who's no longer with us, would come in and say, um, Court, how many shots did you shoot today? And I said, I shot like 500, 500 shots, 550. And he would say, you know, there's somebody down the road that just shot 700. So I would go back in the gym and shoot 300 more because I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I've got to be better than anybody else. And so... Um, and, to, and to get to that goal that I wanted, and we did win state in basketball. My other goal um, that I had is that I wanted to play Division One basketball. 
And so at a young age, I started traveling all over the United States. My parents didn't have enough money. Of course, my father was a basketball coach, and um, my mother stayed home with us for a while. And so I got to go and travel with other people. They would send me with a team, and I would just go to travel to be looked at, to be seen. And, um, and so I got to play over the United States, and I got offers starting in about eighth grade and um, just coming in, coming in. And so um, made my decision to go to SMU and play Division One basketball. And, you know, less than 1% of boys and girls athletes play Division One sports. And so, so that kind of just tells you who I was. And then to jump forward a little bit, I'm going to jump forward in my life, um, got married, had my kids, and, um, and then I started my career. Started my career when I was 28 years old. And with my career, um, I started this, this practice that was um, a business that was very, very small to start off with. So, of course, for me, this was a challenge. I wanted to be the most successful. I wanted to be great. I wanted to build. And um, this business just kept building and kept building and kept growing. Well, with that came more commitments, more time away. And so I was in more meetings and more meetings. And I started to travel and I was gone quite a bit. My son the other day was telling a story. He told a story to a group of moms. And he said, when I came home from school, I had to call the office and talk to my mom's assistant to let her know that I made it home because I was in a meeting and I was busy. I can just say my life was unbalanced. If you, Cade the other day came home with a project, fourth grade project, and you know us moms love projects, especially towards the end of the year, right? Um, or dads, I don't know who does the projects in your house, but for me, Cade came home and he said, Mom, you're going to love this project. And I thought, oh gosh, okay. Um, he said, you're going to love it. It's, it's the best. He's like, this is right up your alley. And he said that, you, we get to sit down and write the identity of who I am and describe me in words. And then we're going to take this pie chart. And in this pie chart, you got to separate each piece into what you put your life into. And so for him, as a fourth grader, being so wise, put 100% God. And the, way, the reason why I'm talking about that today is because my pie piece, my piece of pie, was 50% probably my career. Then I would have other little pieces to the ones that I loved. And I'll tell you what, when we commit, and we overcommit, I know that we do this. We tell somebody, yes. For every time you tell somebody, yes, you have to tell somebody else, no. And usually the people that we're telling yes to are complete strangers. The people that we're telling no to are the ones that we love. And so for me, I was unbalanced. My life was not the way it was going to be, that needed to be going. In my career, I was being successful. I was growing, and I was, making, I was building locations. And let me tell you this. In my career, I was beating, being obedient. I was using the talents and abilities that God gave me in my career. I felt like I was planting seeds to other women and other men in my career. I was 
witnessing to them. I was praying with them. I was doing devotionals with them. So for me in my career, I was doing God's work, and that's how I justified it. My husband was supportive of me in my career. However, he kept telling me, Courtney, you need to set boundaries. Set boundaries. So when that happened and I was not setting the boundaries, what happened was I was being successful in my career, but my home life was suffering. My marriage was suffering. My marriage was holding on by a thread to even have talks about divorce. And I finally, and I think somebody, if they would have asked me then, would you have picked your career, picked your husband? I probably at the time would have picked, picked my career. I think because things there got so bad, I didn't even want to be in the same room as my husband. I didn't want to look at him. I didn't want to speak to him because I was so angry because he was unhappy with my success. I felt like, but it wasn't my success. It was the fact that I wasn't there. So I would drive to work, and I would say, okay, God, what do you want from me? And I started surrendering my life to him. And when I surrendered myself to him, the Holy Spirit came in and started telling me, Courtney, it is time. And I would drive to work the next day, and he would say, Courtney, it is time. I, see, I hear that voice so clearly now. And I did then, but I kept justifying him. Like, okay, God, time for what? Is it time for me to do more work in my career? Is it time for me to, and I would justify these things and try to justify and say, okay, God, but I'm doing your work. I'm planting seeds. I'm changing lives. I'm being obedient to you and what you're wanting me to do. And I'm, and I'm witnessing and I'm praying. But he kept saying, Courtney, it is time. And I had a wise lady one day tell me, because we were talking about it, and it's weird how God puts these pieces of the puzzles together. This lady was actually my best friend in high school. I named her Squirt. She was small. She played on my basketball team with me. And um, I nicknamed her Squirt, and it kind of stuck. And I, um, because, you know, of course, it's here, and then she's there. And so, um, and so I nicknamed her Squirt. And anyway, she, uh, her mom was in the same career field that I was in. And her mom had retired and came back into my life. And she came to me, and she said, Courtney, do you have anything for me? And so I brought her on with me. And at that time, I didn't know that God had this huge plan already set in place. So he put this lady in my life. And I was telling her, I said, you know, I think that it's time. I said, Sharon, I think it's, he keeps telling me, the Holy Spirit keeps telling me it's time. It is time. And she said, Courtney, I'm going to tell you something that you need to pray. You need to start praying this prayer. God, if it is your will, and if it is your will, you make it so uncomfortable that if he wants you to leave, you will leave. But if not, and if, if you need to stay where, you're sta where you need to be in your career, let peace be your empire. Well, the best analogy I have for this is, is, is this, to, to explain that whole situation, what happened. It's just like a mother eagle with her babies in a nest. If you ever read about a mother eagle, a mother eagle will start pulling pieces of the nest away to make it uncomfortable for the babies to fly. And so what she does is she goes underneath them. So when they take, she, and she actually pushes them. She pushes them off the nest. But she stays underneath them when they're flying because that way if they can't fly, she kind of guides them back to the nest and then she starts all over, takes a piece away and takes another piece away. 
But the only way I can explain it is that's what God did for me in my career. He started taking pieces away and to make it so uncomfortable. And then finally, he just gave me a push and said, it's time for you to go. And when I left, he was there the whole time underneath me flying and saying, I've got you. I've got you. You can go. And when I left, I have never felt so much joy and peace in my life. My in-laws have owned a business for about 25, 26 years. I don't know. My father-in-law always says 25, 26. And they welcomed me over to their business. And my husband and I are taking it over. So I didn't get to skip a beat. They opened their arms to me and said, come on over. And, and the whole time I had that there, but I wanted my success. But it wasn't God's plan. His plan for, what, for me now is, was where he has me. And so now I... Uh, I, Jeff called me the other day, and it was crazy because I was in the office by myself. You know, I remember I used to be running around crazy and had so many people, and, and I was in the office by myself, and he called me the other day to talk to me about doing this. And I told him, I said, I've never had so much peace and joy in my life than I do now. That, you know what, I'm not saying that you can't have a career. I'm saying to set boundaries. I'm saying to know where you are. Are you on your phone? Are you, are you, you know, spending so much time over here or over there, and then you're so spread thin, your commitments are everywhere, and all of a sudden you look up and you don't even know who you are. I think we can all take from the fourth grade lesson that we all can take a pie and, I, and go home and write down where your life is and see where your slices of pie and where you can put in your family and you put in your husband. Because to me, I'm going to close with this. Who I am now, I'm a child of God. I'm a wife to Chris Schneider. I'm a mother to Clayton and Kate. I'm a sister that's not in meetings anymore to talk to. I'm a friend be able to be there for my friends. So I think we all need to do some reflection to see who we are and who God wants us to be. I'm going to end with this, and this is from the message. And I, I, I want to re, read two things. Probably need to get me a Kleenex. I didn't get me a Kleenex, Jeff. Gosh. Um, I got a Kleenex the first service. Uh, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. So the message in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11 says, keep a cool head. In the Amplified version, it says, be well balanced. But I'm going to go back to the message. It says, keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better to kept, catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on your faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who had great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious, plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Courtney, so much. I, um, 
I'm like a proud daddy with that, those two right there. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't tell you, Melissa. Mm, Melissa and I couldn't tell you how many hours we have invested in them. Mm. Chris and I had a lot, of, we spent a lot of time together, boy, and uh, I'm very, very proud of them, but God redeemed that marriage. They, life support is what they were on, and Courtney said this to me once, she said, I said, is it good now? She said, it's really good when you stop hugging your career and hug your husband. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. I mean, that was, that's a powerful word, man, you know. And so when you think about where these two, these are two relationship deals. And the enemy absolutely 110% wanted to keep them in the tomb and keep that stone rolled over. But, but God redeemed them out of that. And, and he redeemed them. We've got to have relationships. We're built for relationships. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, we were created for relationship. The world's eliminate them, but God said you got to have them. We were, we were built for relationship. Number one relationship we're supposed to have, it was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Genesis 1.26 lays that out pretty clear. They let us make man in our own image. Our relationship is with God the Father, who's in heaven at the throne, God the Son, who's sitting at his right hand, and God the Holy Spirit, who's active and living and breathing and moving all over. That's our relationship is with him. Secondly, it's with others. We've got to have others in our life. The problem is this. Our relationship with the Father, with God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit can be great. But our relationship, we have to have relationships here. And if they are not in good shape, if they're a mess, if we've got problems, it will interrupt and, and take place of this one right here. I promise you it does. Secondly, we were built for worship. We were made for worship. Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says this. If you're presenting your gift at the altar and you remember you have ought with someone, if you have something with someone, you got to leave it and go make it right. Folks, can I tell you something? <laughs> Please don't think that's about money. Because God doesn't need your money. That's about worship. We can't worship sometimes. Because when we walk into the house of the Lord, we can be in his presence. The spirit can be thick. The worship can fill this place. And we want desperately to be engaged with God in worship. And we want to see nothing but his face. And when we try to worship, all we see is the face of the person or person's that we have stuff against, that we have broken relationships with. And we can't see God for who he is because we can't, we're not seeing other people the way God wants us to see them. We think we could just be relocated and move off and forget it and turn the page and don't worry about it. Those relationships have to be taken care of. They have to. If you're here today and the stone in your life is relationship. You know you got broken relationships, and you haven't made them right. And you think you can just forget about it. It has no effect on you. It has effect on you. It does. That's why you can't worship the way you want to worship, because you see their face. 
Because God's simply reminding you, go make that right. Go make that right. My relationship with my father was broken. And I thought graduating from high school and going off to college and being on my own would take care of that. It didn't. Everybody in my life saw stuff that God was doing in my life, but I couldn't hear from God. Why? Because I couldn't hear God's voice because my relationship with my father was broken. When I got my relationship with my father broken, the pipeline was wide open to the father. And I heard everything. And I could see it too. If you're here today and you have relationships that aren't right, they're broken, they're messed up, they're splintered. You say, well, Jeff, (laughs) I've tried. Or I I don't want to do it. They may win. I I don't want to set them free. You've got to do your part to set them free. How they receive it is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to go to them, period. You've got to make it right to them. How they receive it's up to them. You're not going for them. You're not going for their response. Don't build it up and go, well, if they'll let me go, I'll let them go. No, you shouldn't go. You should go to let them go. Whether they let you go, it doesn't matter. Because they're cheating themselves, you're set free you got to set them free. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. The enemy hates unity. The Father loves unity. It's time for us to understand that one of the biggest stones the enemy has is a stone of relationships. Broken relationships will keep you in a tomb. Broken relationships will keep you from singing. So today... If you have relationships that are broken, I'm praying that you set yourself free and you set them free. And you make those relationships right. Make them right. So that when you bring your worship to the Father, there's nothing inhibiting that. It's just you and the Father. Relationships are very, very important. The The horizontal of the cross is just as important as the vertical of the cross. And remember, if the horizontal is broken... It does have impact on on, on the vertical. It does. So I'm asking you today, if you come bringing your worship and you know something, you have something against somebody or they have something against you, you got to go make that right. you got to make that right. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. If you're on the uh, ministry team today, I want to invite you to come at this time. The stone of relationship is a big stone. It's a huge stone. If we're ever going to be fishers of men, we've got to be able to let men go. We've got to be able to make relationships right. Some of you have made relationships right in the past. Some of you are still holding out. You've got to make relationships right. And if they're in the same house you live in, then you've got to get busy. If they're not, you got to still take care of it. I'm going to pray over us, and I want you to be obedient as we worship. Don't bring worship until you bring restitution and redemption to relationships. Make relationships right. It will set you free. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. God, thank you for your presence here with us today. God, thank you for beautiful testimonies of two homes, two families, two marriages that have been redeemed. 
Father, I pray for everyone that's sounding my voice, Father, if there are relationships in this room that need to be redeemed, that need to be made right, that need to be restored, that you need to breed life into. God, may we not turn the page. May we not just say, it doesn't matter. It has no impact on us. We know it has impact because every time we try to have a quiet time, read the Bible or worship, we see their face before we see the Father. So God, that commercial that's always popping in front of us pops for a reason because we've got to make that right. And the only thing that keeps us from making it right is pride. And pride can't be in your presence. And I pray, Father, you kill pride. And so we can go be like Jesus and make relationships right. Today, may you set people free today so you can restore worship like you, you want it to be. Uninhibited. Nothing between them. So God, restore relationships today for your honor and for your glory. And God, as we worship, I pray you move people. Move them, Father. If they need to restore them in this room, restore them. But for your glory and for your glory only, in Christ's name. Amen. Let's worship, church. If you need to come, you come this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 